Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Rob Zamet and welcome back to a brand new episode of The Doggy Pod. Yes, welcome back. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Dr. Rob's producer, Stephen Peters, and together as always, we're going to talk all things dogs as we do every week with new episodes, as you probably know, coming out every Friday. So this week I'm going to be talking about yeah, look, you know, something that really is close to everybody, heart attacks. Yeah, do they occur in dogs at all? Is it a problem for dogs? Certainly is a problem in humans. What about our dogs? That's weird. Yeah, I've never actually thought of a dog having a heart attack. But mm. I guess you're about to tell us all about it. We're also going to talk quarantine. Not, not the COVID-type quarantine, but the sort of uh, quarantine dogs need to have before they can legally come into Australia. Dobbs, uh, Dr. Rob's had a, you know, had a bit to do with this over, over the years, and he'll tell us all about it in today's show. Yeah, and a segment I know you like, Stephen. I'm going to talk yes. about another one of my dogs. Yes, it's uh, one of our favourite segments. It's uh, Rob's Dogs. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get to that in due course, as always. How's the week been, mate? Oh, hectic. Look, I know I keep saying hectic. <laughs> it really has. You do it. say hectic, but I think you had a bit of a, a, bit of a variety this week, didn't well, you? Well, we always get variety in this place, and this time it was a... A monkey, yes, a, a crab a and a cack. And uh, it was a bit of a sad case, uh, but at least it ended well for the mother. Uh, we had a breech birth in a monkey and unfortunately... But hang on, hang on, hang on, just backtrack a bit. Why, why have you got a monkey in your vet clinic? <laughs> well, I do a lot of uh, work on exotic species. Now, if the listeners want to find me doing work on tigers and lions... They can Google, in fact, a place called Zambi Wildlife Sanctuary. They can see some of the work we do. We take in retired animals at Zambi and look after them and just you know, 
get them through life at the end stage of their life. We try and look after the ones that nobody wants. Believe it or not, sometimes when they get very old, uh, rather than keep them just out the back of a, a zoo or anything like that, these animals would normally be put to sleep. We'll certainly oh, find dreadful. homes for them at our place at Zambi and just care for them in their twilight years. And so this, uh, this macaque was pregnant, tried to give birth, and it was a breech birth. Now, if you remember the sex episode, always talking about sex, I think it was the second one. Well, we did I, two I, sex episodes. Yeah, yeah was, this, I think this was the second one. And I said, in dogs, they can have a breech birth and it's normal. In fact, about 40% of puppies are born tail first or bum first, if you like. Not so with a lot of animals and certainly not so with uh, monkeys. It's like humans, a bridge birth can be very uh, traumatic and difficult. And this is what happened. The baby got stuck and by the time we got to it, the baby had passed on, to be honest. Uh, but we were able to anaesthetize this monkey. Not an easy task, I'll tell you. Uh, we were able to give her an anaesthetic, a general anaesthetic, and then using a lot of uh, manipulation, obstetrical lubricant, we were able to get it out without doing a full caesarean. Last time I had a, a bridge birth in the monkey, I had to do a caesarean, and it was the same problem. The head was well and truly wedged in the pelvis and wouldn't come through in that case. Uh, in this case, we were able to turn and slightly and... Do it easier. You know, the animal was a lot more relaxed, of course, because it's anaesthetized, and we're able to get it out. And she's gone back into her home, and will have a happy, quiet life from now on. So the so the mum was out the whole time. She was knocked out. They had to knock her yeah. out. Yeah, you know, it's not the sort of thing you could do with a um, yeah you know, with with humans. I'll give you a, an anaesthetic into your spinal uh, column, and you know, give you uh, literally pain relief and almost flaccid paralysis of your of your legs for a little while while they do work that way. But in uh, monkeys, I prefer to give them a general anaesthetic. And also in humans, they'll sometimes give you a general anaesthetic to do a caesarean section. In this case, we had to prepare for a caesarean, but I was fortunately lucky enough to be able to manipulate that without having to open up the mother. Uh, as I say, the fetus had already passed on and that was sad for her. We gave her some drugs as well to go home with, uh, which the the keepers will give in her food to take away that maternal instinct and take away some of the sadness that she would feel by losing a young like that. Oh, that was a sad little visit to the vet. Now, it's one of the biggest killers of humans uh, and that is heart attacks and, and heart disease but is it the same for our canine friends is that the case rob like do dogs have yeah. cholesterol problems well, dogs and dogs can and all that yeah they can have heart attacks but very rare very rare Stephen. you dogs ah, get more a thing called congestive heart failure i mean what is a heart attack we call it a myocardial infarction myocardium is the muscle of the heart infarction means that the like all muscles you have to have a blood supply to it to function properly the heart is you know the busiest muscle in your body it just never stops and when it does so do you so it's always (laughs) going it needs a blood supply and so the coronary arteries that you've all heard about are the arteries that supply the blood directly to the heart muscle 
if they become blocked, the heart muscle in front of that you know, just can't get any blood and it dies. So that's a myocardial infarction. That's what a heart attack is. And we get it because we build up cholesterol for various reasons. Some people will say diet, but it's also genetic. What happens in dogs more, Stephen, is that the heart valves start to fail. Now, you have two types, two broad types of heart problems in dogs. One, the congenital types. In other words, they're born with a heart problem, just like some uh, babies can be. Dogs can be uh, born with these heart problems, and then you have to get a diagnosis with ultrasound as to what type of problem it is and whether it's operable or not, and you have to make a decision then whether to operate. In uh, about, they say, 5 to 10% of cases of, of all heart problems are congenital. The other 90 to 95% are acquired for one reason or another. One reason they acquire heart problems is that bacteria can lodge on the valves of the heart and that will degenerate the valves. Where do the bacteria come from? You have bacteria in your bloodstream all the time. So if your dog has bad teeth, that will lead to increased bacteria in the bloodstream and a bigger chance of those bacteria landing on the valves of the heart and causing problems with the valves and eventually leading to what's called congestive heart failure. Congestive heart failure is that. It's just the, the valves of the heart uh, going. The heart's divided into you know, a left side and the right side, and each of that left side and right side has two chambers, one above called the atrium and one below called the ventricles. But the valves in the middle are very important. The valves in the um, supplying the big blood vessels are also very, very important. If your dog develops a chronic cough, it, it would probably be one of the first things that your veterinarian would look for to see if your dog has a bad heart. They'll listen to it and find out. The other thing that you'll see is a decrease in exercise tolerance. Yeah, the dog all of a sudden can't walk as fast, doesn't want mm. to run around as much as sleeping all the time. Could H- be How do you problem. test for it? How do you test for heart problems? The first thing we do with heart problems is just listen yeah, for a heart oh, murmur. Okay. And, and we'll, we can do that. And that will tell us if you've got a heart problem, but we then have to do blood tests to see if other organs are being affected by your bad heart. And then we'll do ultrasound on the heart to work out which valves are affected, whether it's the left side or the right side. So um, is yeah. cholesterol even a thing for dogs? Not, no, we, don't, we haven't really seen plaques in the coronary arteries of dogs. Right, okay. As I said, actual heart attack because of infarcts, are very, very rare. They would occur if there's an embolism, you know, something in the bloodstream floating around that shouldn't be there, and that lands in the coronary artery, that will give you a heart attack, and the dog could die that way. But rarely seen in dogs. You know, it, it's, right. it's more the valve problem that we see, and they get enlarged hearts from it. Yeah, if it's the left side that's being affected, they get a lot of coughing. If it's the right side... You get some coughing, but you also get the tummy, the abdomen starts to swell with fluid. In both cases, they get a bit of a bluish hue of the tongue. Yeah, the tongue goes a bit blue. There's an increased respiration rate. And there's a bit of dyspnea, a bit of you know, trouble breathing and coughing, of course. And they can even faint because there's not enough blood going to the brain. Now, mm. in the old days, we used to say, well, once you get diagnosed with a, a real heart condition like this, 
uh, within six months, you're probably going to, your dog will go. These days, with a lot of better drugs and a, a lot more uh, looking at it, imaging it better and working out what to do, the dog can go on for, for many years with heart problems, providing you have owners that are diligent and compliant and give all the drugs that they're supposed to give. So they've got a faster heart rate than us, and it depends. Like the littler dogs will have a faster heart rate than the big dogs. Um, oh, yet the okay. little dogs will often have a longer lifestyle. Yeah, uh, lifetime than like, um, yeah, right. Yeah, but so it's not a big worry. But once it starts getting too fast, because you have congestive heart failure, we have to slow it down and pick it back a bit. We also check their diets, and then we tell people, you know, you've got an old dog. Don't go exercising it too much. I'm always surprised how many people say, "Oh, my dog loves to get going running. He used to do it all the time. Not so much now, but I just force him to do it." No, don't force your dog to do it. Find really, out so if, if your dog's slowing down because it's getting on a bit, you should let it slow down. Is that what you're well, saying? find out. It, it's Once you've had a, a heart condition diagnosed in your dog, regular heart checks, just like us. Always keep their teeth clean. Heart check every six months. Make sure that's okay. And then, you know, your dog might be slowing down for other reasons. Check out, the, Your vet can check for arthritis and anything else that may, might be going on. As they get older, they deserve that TLC that you can give them. doesn't mean you have to be at the vets all the time spending thousands of dollars, but a check twice a year would go a long way to improving the life of your dog and extending the life. I always tell people, my job as a veterinarian is not to make the dog live longer. My job is to make the dog as happy and comfortable as possible for as long as possible. Okay, the Q word, quarantine. We've heard it a lot lately, but mostly relating to the dreaded COVID and coming and going from different countries. But of course, quarantine's been around for years for dogs, both going out and coming back in. And Dr. Rob's had a bit to do with it in the past. But I'm just wondering, Rob, let's start with, like, why do dogs coming into Australia from, you know, say, Western countries like America or the UK or whatever... Sure. Why do they need to be quarantined if they're a perfectly healthy dog, you know, well, living in a sort of in, in the burbs but in another country? Well, if you look at the example of COVID, you know, while it's been sad for people who have lost relatives during COVID in Australia, our, our mortality rate has been greatly decreased. And so has our infection rate percentage-wise because we're an island and we can isolate ourselves very, very well. And we have a lot less diseases from uh, animals overseas than we do in Australia. Well, canine no... diseases, you mean? Well, not just canine diseases. So you can have quarantine for other animals as well. Certainly dogs. That, you know, we don't have rabies in Australia, which can affect a lot of different animals. Uh, we don't have a bug called brucellosis in dogs. Canine brucellosis causes infertility and can cause a lot of sickness in dogs. That's not in Australia. There's a few other diseases that are not here. So we don't want them coming to our shores. And dogs that come here need to be very healthy. So even before they say, if you purchase a dog from America, the first thing that would happen would be the dog has to be old enough to be vaccinated. You can't, if you buy, if you buy a puppy, that's all well and good. 
but it has to be vaccinated fully for rabies. Once it's vaccinated, it's usually a month after its last vaccine, then blood is taken to make sure that vaccine has, has taken in that dog. If the test is positive and your dog's got plenty of protection against rabies, it can leave six months after that test. Why six months, Stephen? Because even though it's been vaccinated and everything's fine, it could still be incubating the disease. And we want to make sure that it doesn't show any signs of that disease. Then there are all the other tests. And it depends on where it's coming from because people will import dogs from all over the place. For example, you know, somebody wants to import a dog from China. We won't have them come direct from China here. They have to go to other countries for a while, do their quarantine in countries really? that are considered um, cleaner as far as these viruses and bugs are concerned, you know, countries that are free of it, do the tests over there, and then eventually come here. The quarantine period has decreased. When I started going to the quarantine station in Sydney, uh, some of the quarantines were six months, and then they went down to three wow. months. Yeah, then they went down to three months, uh, and then one month. And now for, it's 10 days quarantine. If you do all the right tests, have all the vaccines done, uh, and have the test done within the right time limits, the dog can come here and spend just 10 days in quarantine. There's only one quarantine station now for dogs in Australia, and it's in Melbourne. So... Your you, uh, would... If you're the owner of the dog and you're, you're importing it or, or whatever, it's a family dog, are you, alla- are you allowed to go and visit while it's Generally, no. Under no. most circumstances, you won't be given permission in that 10-day period. You used to be able to, when it was a month quarantine, you were able to go out there once a week and visit your dog and brush it and do whatever. But nowadays, because it's only 10 days, uh, you're generally not allowed to go in. You can hire a vet to go in to make sure the dog's ha- happy and healthy. You can even hire a groomer to make sure the dog is clean and uh, not matted if it's a long-coated dog. Those sort of things are allowable, uh, but in 10 days it's a pretty quick trip and then mm. the dog comes out and goes to whatever state uh, the owner lives in, of course. That's to be transported to be it Sydney, Brisbane, wherever. Would, the would people also be importing dogs for breeding purposes? Oh, that's a, that's uh, probably a big bigger part. People will bring right. their dogs in, of course, because they're migrating to Australia and they don't want to be you know, leaving their dogs in another country or yeah. we're still putting their dogs down and then coming here. They'll bring their dogs Heaven with forbid, them. Heaven forbid, Rob. Sorry? Heaven forbid. Oh, well, people have. Some people do. Some people put their, yeah, we're moving and uh, we don't want to go through the expense of putting the, uh, the dog because it's not a cheap exercise. First, yeah, you have all the vet checks, the vaccinations, the blood tests. You know, and then it will have to be in some quarantine period in the country that it's in. You have to pay for all that. Then the transport, which is quite expensive, and then 10 days quarantine here, which is equally you know, not cheap, and then be allowed out. It is, it is quite a cost to people. You've really got to love your dog, huh? Yeah, Amazing. well, that's right. <clears throat> Some people... Have, As we all so, do. Oh, well, I'm not migrating. I'm staying where I am with my dog. <laughs> that's happened pl- plenty of times. But, yeah, if you, people are coming over here for business reasons, they will relocate their dogs. But breeding animals, yeah, very common to... Um, people import dogs for the high quality for some reason, which they want to incorporate into their bloodlines 
to get more soundness and uh, more whatever it is that they're looking for in a dog. So they'll they'll import from overseas. Not what uncommon. about heading out of Australia if you want if you if you're leaving the country to live and you want to take yeah, your it, dog? It, again, it depends on what country you go to. For example, if you're going to America because they've got a lot of the bugs that we're talking about, your dog doesn't have to do any quarantine. Just have to have a vet check and make sure it's healthy, uh, and then it can leave the country and go to the United States. If it's going to England, it has to have rabies. It has to have a lot of checks to be done first. And it's going to be um, interesting to see what happens as the uh, Britain leaves the EEC because Britain, as part of the EEC, had to follow the rules of all EEC countries. Now they'll have to make their own rules. They used to have right. their own rules before, so that will happen again. So it depends on what country you're going to as to uh, the import permit will, will, of that country will have on it the requirements that the dog must go through before it can be exported to that country and go through in, and land in France or wherever. But, yeah, we have very strict rules about quarantine, and if you breach those rules, well, uh, many years ago we did have people who breached those rules and uh, they had to apologise and get their dogs out of town very quickly and because they were here filming up in Queensland mm-hmm. Johnny Depp. Johnny yes. Depp. I wasn't going to mention names, but since no, he, mention the name. Yeah, oh. he had his two little. Uh, I think they were Yorkshire Terriers, and he flew them in. Pistol and pistol and boo. Yeah, and he he says he's never coming back to this country ever again. <laughs> I'm sorry, we have rules, and all you have to do is check them and don't try and breach them. Okay, it's time for one of my favourite segments, and we know it is one of yours as well because we get lots of uh, lots of response from these, and that is drum roll, please. Mm. Rob's dogs, and uh, this week it's one of my favourites of Rob's dogs, who's uh, we spent a lot of time with, uh, but I won't uh, I won't spoil it, <laughs> Rob. Yeah, it was a, a, what is what is your dog this it week? It was a breed that I always admired from afar. And when I got involved with taking dogs to preschools, I noticed there were some children that were just absolutely frightened of dogs, Stephen, just you know, mm. wouldn't go near them. And I wanted to try and bring these kids around a little bit, not necessarily become dog handlers, but at least not be frightened and run away and cause the dog to chase them and, and get bitten. You know, I was trying to stop dog bites, so I had to teach these children, you just stand still. And I thought... The only way to do that is to get a really friendly dog and something that wasn't in their face. You know, taking my big German Shepherd there wasn't going to work. Even the fluffy mm. old English sheepdogs, they're a big hairy dog. And you think, oh, gosh. But they're big dogs, though, aren't they? Yeah. So I bought, I did buy a big dog. I bought it as a puppy, a standard poodle. And we called him Walter. Walter was just a gorgeous dog. Uh, he became very famous <laughs> as a dog. But he he was a big, white, fluffy dog, and I thought that would be fine. No, these kids were still frightened of him. So I thought, yeah, well, he's a boy. Let's make him powder blue. We did that. Kids kids that were frightened of dogs were still frightened of Wally. Blue didn't work, so I decided, yeah, what? I'm going to try pink. 
a real. It looked like fairy. Pink. It looked like fairy floss, just soft and a pink poodle. Kids that were frightened of dogs would be patting him, saying, "Oh, I don't like dogs." But while he was, you, know, you met him. He was just such a gentle. Oh no, he's gorgeous. He just gorgeous. stood there. But how, how do you make a poodle pink, Rob? <laughs> well, yes, some people say, "Well, he's pink." I say, "Yes, very rare the pink ones." <laughs> but yeah, you know, like flamingos, um, very uh, safe. Uh, dye that was do- done very, very, very safe, and didn't hurt his skin, didn't hurt him, no toxicity levels, and that's how it was done. At at the groomers, I went along with him and was stayed with him while it all happened, and yeah, we made this white dog pink, and the kids loved him, Stephen. So from oh. there, he starred in a production that uh, you know well called Pet Street. And Which was a kids TV, a, a short-lived kids TV yeah, series. But there are still little segments of it on about. YouTube um, that you can look up. The, there probably are. Yeah, actually, the Alma, yeah. Alphabet and a few other things are on there. And while he's while in a couple of those, you'd see the pink poodle jumping around. We should make sure we post a, a picture of Wally on, on our Instagram and uh, and uh, Facebook Done deal. this week. Done deal. Yeah. Yeah, and he was just – and the other thing about it – what. I didn't realise was what great guard dogs poodles are. Nobody that wasn't part of the family would be allowed in the house if I wasn't there or if there was no one there. There was just the kids. No, he wouldn't let anyone in. He was quite big, wasn't he? Oh, yes, he was was a big boy and uh, not beyond giving someone a nip on the bum if they shouldn't be there. (laughs) Quite a few people said, I came in, Yeah, the kids were there, but I didn't see anyone. My wife wasn't around, I wasn't around. And while they'd say, no, go out. So intelligent, I was uh, had left my, um, so, I think it was my phone or something which I needed, and I was in the surgery and I said to my nurse, can you go in and get it, please? And into the house while I was in the surgery. And she went over there and she came back after five minutes and said, couldn't go. I said, what? She said, oh, she, <laughs> she, and she's not frightened of dogs, this person. She came in, said, and he barked. And she said, Wally, I've just got to get the boss's phone. And she walked down. He would went over, grabbed her hand without, you know, never punctured. Just pulled her back a little uh-huh. bit. So she went back. She said, "It's all right, Wally. I've got to go get it." She went back. After the third time, you know, he pulled her back and barked at her. And he thought she thought better of it. She said, "Okay, that's fine. You've given me the message." <laughs> so it wasn't vicious, but he was very protective, yes. and he protected yes, his right. territory and he protected the kids really well. He and I were very, very close. I remember you actually, I think, were on the news one night because uh, you were in town in the city uh, filming something, I think, and you had Wally with you and uh, you caused quite a ruckus, (laughs) you know, because you tend to attract a crowd when you're standing in the middle of Sydney holding, uh, you know, with a a very large pink pink poodle. poodle. Yeah, it it did. All of a sudden I had camera there and... What are you doing with a pink poodle and who are you? And it was just, yeah, so we yeah, talked exactly. about it. We talk, <laughs> talked about the the, uh, uh, the show that we were doing at the time, Pet Street, and talked about you know, trying to uh, avoid bites for children. That was the big thing. It's that time of the show. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And if you've got a question, we're going to start answering a few more questions uh, next week, I think. Um, send your question um, to Dr. Rob 
um, and just send it to the doggy pod one word the doggy pod at gmail.com and uh, and we'll try and get through a few of them next week um, they're starting starting to pile up unfortunately and of course you know I'm sure you all follow us on Instagram and Facebook um, and we will post a picture of Wally the or, or no, what, what was his name? He, he had another name, Walter, didn't he? Walter. Was, well, he was his <laughs> pet name, but just I, Walter. He came from. He had a long show name. No, but did, he had a name in the kids' show. It was called uh, Ah Schmoogle the Pink Poodle. Schmoogle the Schmoogle the Pink Poodle. He loved to dance. Yes, that's it. Okay. Well, anyway, we'll put a photo of uh, Walter uh, uh, on our Facebook page this week. Um, thanks for listening, Rob. Take us out. What have you got? Well, a great dog lover, Oprah Winfrey. In fact, she started a friend of mine I've called Caesar Milan. Uh, but she loved ah, dogs. Yes. And she well, said... You and Caesar go back a long way. Yeah, she says, I want to work like a dog, doing what I was born to do with joy and purpose. And I want to play like a dog with total jolly abandon. And that's so true. I don't know how many times... The sun comes on, I'm in the kitchen, I start dancing around and my dogs dance with me. So jolly (laughs) abandoned. I love it. I'm just trying to imagine that picture. But anyway, (laughs) that might give me nightmares. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Bye all. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.